The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Roster brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use your promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off active until the Eagles or Giants lose their next game. And make sure to enter our World Series Prop Contest. Winner gets $200 in cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday afternoon, here to break down the afternoon games for NFL Week 8, five games on the schedule, and we'll cover the Sunday night football game as well. But joining me here to break down the PM games on NFL Week 8 on Sunday, you guys know him from the NBA Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, Tennis Gambling Podcast, Fantasy Football Podcast. He's just all over SGPN and does both work on and off the court for it. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, long time no talk, my man. Yep, talked to you this morning. Nice to see you. You look well. Uh, looking forward to going through the NFL. I know last week was good to me. Hit the lock and the dog. Uh, and then on top of that, for the Twitter post, ended up hitting a separate lock and the same dog. Unfortunately, my teaser ended up dying on Monday Night Football. I had the Patriots minus two as my final leg there. Almost went for the trifecta. Instead, I had to settle for the exacta. Still a decent payout. I'll take it. Yeah, not a bad week last week. Um, I think my lock and I forgot even who I had. Um, I know I had a big bet on the over in the Texans and the Raiders game. Um, you and I think we discussed that as well. Um, that one came through it was a little scratchy early on, but I think fourth the quarter Texans, exploded in the game. Yeah, they exploded in the fourth quarter with, I think, three touchdowns to the Raiders. But, um, yeah, another week in the books. We're almost to the halfway point here in the NFL. But, um, yeah, we have five games to discuss this week, including, like I mentioned, the Sunday night football game, uh, which is between the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills. So definitely looking to forward to talking about all those games. And Scott, why don't we just dive right into it, my man? It's going to be the first game on the board. We've got the Houston Texans. We're usually play at the noon schedule, but I guess maybe because they were on the West Coast, they uh, probably gave them an extra couple hours. But it's going to be a 405 Eastern start AFC South Division matchup here between the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. Uh, looking at the lines for this game, this uh, number opened up minus three and a half in favor of the road team here, the Tennessee Titans. That number has now been bet down to minus two and a half over on win bet. Uh, total opened up at 41. It's down about half a point at 40 and a half um, in this game. Money line for this game. I'm currently seeing the Texans are a plus 120 underdog at home and minus 140 on the money line for the Tennessee Titans. 
take a look at the injury report for both of these teams. We'll start with the road team here, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, on their injury report, Jeffrey Simons, defensive tackle is questionable. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Ryan Tannehill also questionable with an ankle issue. He was a non-participant in Wednesday's practice as well. Um, and a long list of guys that are just listed as questionable, nothing significant. Uh, maybe the other, other name is probably their center, Ben Jones, for the Tennessee Titans. Take a look at the Houston Texans. Uh, there's injury report. Nico Collins, uh, he has a groin issue. He did not participate in practice on Thursday. Uh, Justin McCray, guard, is also questionable. But other than that, uh, pretty clean for the Houston Texans. Also, uh, Malik Collins, defensive tackle, is going to be uh, out again this Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. But AFC South matchup here. Scott, we saw the Titans get the victory against the Colts last week in another AFC South division game, which was pretty much for first place as of right now. Uh, in this division, Texans, like we mentioned, coming off of the West Coast game against the Raiders in Vegas. Now these two teams match up in this AFC South, where over the last three games uh, in these two between these two uh, teams, Derrick Henry has just ran all over the Texans. Over the last three games here, uh, Scott, Derrick Henry has ran for at least 200 yards in each of the last three matchups against the Texans. He scored at least two touchdowns in each of those matchups um, and looks like they are going to have their hands full against King Henry with the Texans having one of the worst rush defenses in the entire league. But Scott, what are you thinking about this game as the Titans are a minus two and a half point road division favorite here? So I personally want to make a case for the Texans because I do think for a division game at home, I think it's a decent spot. However, I cannot avoid the fact that the Texans just gave up 140 plus yards and three touchdowns to Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And now they face off against Derrick Henry. Now, I'll be honest, I got Patrick Mahomes, my fantasy team. He's on bye, and I might have had to stream for Davis Mills. And we're going to see how that goes for me. But last year, he torched this defense, had three touchdowns, no picks. So I do think he could have a decent game here. He looked pretty good last week before. The wheels fell off. He threw a pick six at the end. The game kind of just got completely out of hand. But I do think for this game, I'm going to take the uh, the Titans. I'm not overly impressed with their team. They did basically end Matt Ryan's career last week. But I do think if you want to talk about which team I trust more, it's probably the Titans because I know what I'm going to get. Tannehill's not great, but the coaching staff realizes it, so they kind of lean more on the ground game. After a couple of shaky first uh, first few weeks, Henry's got back, gone back on track. He's been very good lately, and I do think with the Texans' defense, they should try to run it down their throat. I'm going to go with the Titans. I think they'll get the job done. I think it'll be very close. I think the move to, from 3.5 to 2.5 is actually big. I probably would have taken the Texans at 3.5, but at 2.5, I kind of like the Titans here. I like the over. I don't really understand the under money at all because I do think that both teams can excel offensively in the area that the defense struggles at stopping the most. The mm -hmm. Titans want to run the ball. The Texans can't stop the run. Yeah. Do the Titans have a good pass rush? No. Do they have a good secondary? No. I think that Mills can potentially find some holes in this defense. It's also in a dome, so weather's not an issue. I know division unders have been very good so far this season. I don't think this is one of them. I'm going to take the over. The Texans defense with a total this low, I have to like the over. I think this number is too low. All right, go back to the last um, eight matchups between these two division rivals. 
and seven out of those eight have gone. I'm sorry, six out of the eight have gone over the total of uh, what did I, what did I say? The total was 40 was and a half. And a half. Like, yeah. I, if Henry potentially goes for two, three touchdowns and Mills finds some holes in this defense, because I don't think Tennessee's pass defense is good. Yeah. I think each team could reach 20 here. I don't think it's that far fetched. Yeah. I mean, if you take a look at some of the final scores over the last, you know, eight matchups, like I mentioned, the last one last year, 28 25. Previous to that, um, Another game, forty-one to thirty-eight, forty-two to thirty-six. I mean, you also had Watson at quarterback, yeah, and sure, and some stuff there, but yeah, I don't really like either defense in this game. Yeah, so. and I think you mentioned that as well, perfectly there that Josh Jacobs of all running backs was able to just run all over this Texans defense um, last week. We saw uh, in that game, and now you have Derrick Henry, like I mentioned, and He's Henry owns in, this team. Historically. Yeah, two hundred yards. Uh, and that, that's just not one game. That's been three straight games against the Houston Texans. I think that's going to be the similar game, game plan here for uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, feed the ball to Derrick Henry. Let him go off as he has over the last three matchups. And, and they've, if you take a look at the last three matchups, or even go back to the last four matchups, they've fed the ball to him a minimum of 20 times in those four games. And he's excelled 30 or more uh, rush attempts in two out of the last three games. So I think we'll see a heavy dose of Derrick Henry in this game. So maybe if you want to look at player props as far as Derrick Henry goes, currently I'm seeing his number right now listed at 96 and a half for his rushing yards. But yeah, my favorite play is what you mentioned. There is the over in this game. That's the kind of the first thing that stuck out to me when I actually saw these lines uh, for this game between the Titans and the Texans. Um, any other things you're looking at in this game, player props wise or uh, um, anything else here, Scott? Well, I'm trying not to jinx my new fantasy quarterback for this week, but I am looking at Mills passing props. I'm going to like the over in passing yards. It's 230 and a half. Mm. The Titans are just awful against the pass. Yeah. They can't generate a pass rush. They don't have a good secondary. Yes, they limited Matt Ryan last week. You're not the Jaguars. Congratulations. I, I'm not exactly that impressed. I've seen this Titans defense. They lost Landry towards ACL earlier this year. He was supposed to be their best pass rusher. Yeah. I think if the Texans are going to keep this game close, they have to throw. And if they don't keep it close, then they're still going to throw. I, mean, mm -hmm. I like the game script either way. I like the Mills passing yards over. I think he could be a sneaky candidate for 300 if they really decide early on that we have to do whatever we can to exploit this Titans defense, and that's going to be through the passing game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Matt Ryan had 243 passing yards last week. Uh, did you see? Did you see a number for Dave Smills? I saw 230 and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean, every single one of the quarterbacks, except for Week One, which was Daniel Jones, I believe, has gone over this number against his Titans defense. And there's been, let's see, one, two, three, four. Four different quarterbacks that have gone at least over 300 yards against this Titans defense, um, especially their passing defense. Uh, Matt Ryan did it in week four uh, against his Titans team. He threw for 27, 37, 356 yards last week. Um, they held him to 243, but he still got over that number right now, which is projected for Davis Mills. But yeah, Josh Allen, I mean, Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, David Carr, okay, comparable. He got a 300. Derek, Derek Carr. Sorry, Derek. Why do I just keep saying every time we talk about the Texans, I say David Carr. Because you're root for the Texans. Yeah, it's it's still it's still PTSD from that guy. But uh, uh, Derek Carr threw for 303. Uh, like I mentioned, Matt Ryan 356 and 243 on separate occasions. But even Carson Wentz, uh, Scott, threw for 359 yards against his Titans defense. So I love that play. So I think 
I don't know, maybe stack uh, Derek Carr and Davis Mills into your lineups this week for DFS players. That's why I picked up Mills for my fantasy team, but I'm also yeah. desperate because Mahomes isn't available. So yeah, there you well, go. Well, um, sorry you had to come. Uh, you're not having Patrick Mahomes for one week. I'm doing sorry. my best. I'm doing sorry my best out that. here. <laughs> uh, anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, not really. I think that's going to do it. It's mostly the over, like the passing yards. I'm not going to tell you to take the under on Henry rushing yards. I think he'll probably yeah. go for 120 and two touchdowns. Yeah. So, yeah, I expect points. All right. Uh, before we move on, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor. We could get down on all these bets. That's over at Win. Thinking of joining Win Bet, bet $100 and get a $100 free bet. If you're looking to join the Win Bet Biggest Winners Club, whoever hits the biggest parlay on Win Bet odds wise, gets a $1,000 free bet. WinBet truly is hashtag DGENs only. Plus, use WinBet's Build Your Own Bet to build some amazing same-game parlays. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers have just changed. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in a state where play-through WinBet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by the SGP YouTube channel. The bosses are in a giving mood. Sports Gambling Podcast is giving you a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. The contest is completely free to enter. All you got to do is follow three steps. Number one, subscribe to the YouTube.com slash Sports Gambling Podcast page. Number two, comment on any video and each new video that is put up, it's a new chance to win. And then number three, just turn on your notifications so you don't miss when SGP contacts you when they pull out the winner. So again, subscribe to youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast channel, comment on a video and just turn on those notifications so they can contact you when you are the selected winner. And that will be through this weekend. And also the World Series is starting on Friday we are offering a prop contest for the World Series. The winner gets $200 in cash plus a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively. That's only going to be exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, Scott, uh, next game on the schedule here. It's going to be, uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to the West Coast where obviously the rest of these games are, but it is going to be the San Francisco 49ers uh, in LA to take on the Rams. Rams coming off of a bye week. I'm currently seeing this line opened up at, uh, let's see here. Uh, just had the page in front of me. Uh, I'll find the opening line, but the current line right now is minus one and a half in favor of the San Francisco 49ers, which makes the Rams a home underdog here. Total is at 43. Uh, money line minus 125 for the San Francisco 49ers and plus 105 for the LA Rams checking the injury report for both of these teams. Let's start with the San Francisco 49ers. I know they got a lot of their guys back last week, but it really didn't matter with Patrick Mahomes in town. We know Emmanuel Mosley with a torn ACL has been, uh, he's gone for the season. Uh, Jason, uh, Jason red cornerback questionable was a limited participant on Wednesday. Uh, Armstead defensive tackle, sorry, defensive end. Did not practice uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. He has a foot injury. And uh, let's see. Drake Greenlaw, linebacker, questionable as well. He didn't practice with a calf injury. Juwan Jennings, wide receiver, hamstring, didn't practice. And Debo Samuel, hamstring, also did not practice. 
Also, Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, underwent uh, surgery on a broken right finger on Monday, and it's uh, saying that he's probably not going to play against the Rams in this game. Uh, we also know about Javon Kinlaw, who's been put on the IR. So a lot of injuries here for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Let's head over to the Rams side, take a look at their injury report. They're coming off of a bye, like I mentioned. Um, Daryl Henderson, running back, he wasn't on the field for the open portion of Wednesday's practice. Cam Akers, we know that they're he he's a personal, yeah, he's a wall for personal reasons. May not he's, hang, be, he's hanging out with Elijah Moore. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and then Quentin Lake, safety, he's been designated to return from the reserve and PUP list as of Wednesday. So it looks like he's going to be back. Some safety help there for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. But uh, Scott, we know about the history between Sean McVay and uh, Kyle Shanahan as now over the 11 matchups, these two teams have played against each other with these two guys at head coaches. Kyle Shanahan, eight and three straight up, eight and three against a spread against Sean McVay. These two teams, teams did match up earlier this season uh, where the San Francisco 49ers at home got the 24-9 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. And these two teams match up for the second and final time this season in a big NFC West matchup here. Uh, minus, minus one and a half for the San Francisco 49ers here. Scott, what are you thinking? So this is going to be the opposite of what I said for the first game we covered. I'm going to take the home underdog and I'm going to take the under. I understand that Shannon has owned McVay in the past. I get it. And they dominated the first meeting. I can't look past the injuries. And I feel like you're looking at a spot where the Niners have a very good team when healthy, but the secondary is a bit banged up. Uh, I know that you should end up seeing Jimmy Ward maybe without the cast this week, but still he's playing extremely compromised. Mosley's still out for the year. Uh, you're looking at the defensive line. Bosa did play last week, but Ibukum didn't practice. Armstead's expected not to play. And even in the ground game, Juice checks a really good blocking fullback. And I do think him being out could hurt this team. But it's a division game with one team off by, and the other team just got buried at home. And I get the Niners could have a circle the wagons game where they want to get back to 500 and they want to play better. I get it. It's a really good spot for the Rams. I'm going to back the spot. Give me the home team off the bye, getting a point and a half. I think that at the end of the day, even though the Niners have owned this team historically, and even though I think the Rams are not very good offensively besides Cooper Cup, yeah. it's a good spot. I'll accept the spot. Give me the Rams. But I mostly like the under. I see another hideous game. Yeah, I think this will be another hideous game. Uh, that was my favorite playing this game as well, the under. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good spot here for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Like you mentioned, they're coming off of the bye. Since Sean McVay took over as the head coach of this team after a bye, this team, I believe, since I believe it's been since 2017, uh, they are 4-2 and two against the spread um, after a bye. Uh, let me see if that's – yeah, that's Do you think that's the Niners should be favored? Because I understand they dominated the first game. Do you kind of have to toss it out because the Niners' defense is nowhere near as good now as it was a couple weeks ago? Um, I don't know I how much the, stock I can put into it. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, what you mentioned, the biggest concern is the injury report for the San Francisco 49ers, especially defensively. Um, I, I think it's I think it's a fair line. I, of course, we know that the Rams really don't have a, a home field advantage there in L.A. I think it'll be more a sea of red than anything else in that game. So um, I think what the line is probably saying that the San Francisco 49ers are slightly better in this spot, but 
I guess maybe they're not really accounting for the injuries, like I mentioned uh, when I was talking about the injury report. But I just like the buy as well. I mean, I think yeah, that's coming off the buy, yeah, hundred percent, and you get your guys healthy too, right? Um, yeah. for especially for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. But I, I'm going to go with the Niners in this game. I, I understand the injuries on the defensive uh, side of the f- uh, football for the Niners, but it's one thing to say maybe that you're expecting this uh, 49ers defense to respond. But it's going to be the same guys that are going to be out there defensively. But I think that's one thing also that I think just Kyle Shanahan just has his number, you know, if Sean McVay. And there's just some teams and some head coaches that just have your number. I think this is just one of those things. Um, And I think that, you know, it's a great chess match when you watch these games between these two head coaches. And I think that the Shanahan and the coaching staff knows the tendencies of the, uh, uh, sorry, the Rams offense. And again, like mentioned, the Rams offense is very limited especially with outside of Cooper cup, right? It's useless without cup. Yeah. If we're being honest. It, it's pretty much Daryl Henderson. I mean, he's questionable on the injury report. We talked about cam Akers being pretty much gone from this team. So I think very limited. I think that might play into the advantage of the San Francisco defense that maybe, Hey, they just need to kind of focus on trying and attempting to slow down Cooper cup. Um, if they're able to do that, great. If not, then Hey, maybe somebody else tries to beat you for this Los Angeles Rams team. But I think there's enough, in this game for the San Francisco 49ers to respond after the embarrassing loss they had at home against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs going in this matchup in an NFC West matchup where they need a win uh, to kind of stay afloat in that division to maybe down the line try to win this division. So I'm going to go with the 49ers here, but I agree about the pick uh, with the under what you said. I think it's going to be one of those ugly games, maybe like a 2017 to final in this game, Scott. Yeah, that's kind of the exact score that I was thinking of. Uh, as for some props, I mean, do we really need to say it at this point? No, people should know death taxes. I mean, there's a list that's starting to grow now as we're entering the NBA season as well. But do should we mention? I think people already know when we talk about the Rams what it should be. Uh, I think that if you're new to the podcast, ask somebody else because I okay. feel like it's pretty well documented at this point. Yeah, but yes, just, I like that. Okay. I also think Garoppolo might throw one. Just saying. Okay. So. Uh. <laughs> Just saying, just gonna throw it out there. I'll let you piece together the dots there at home. Yeah, but. Put a, re, try to read it between the lines. I don't see that prop listed yet, so maybe check uh, closer to the weekend or as they slowly drop these props across the boards. Um, anything else for this game, Scott? I, I can't look past Cup, can I? I mean, he's the only weapon so. they have, but he had 14 catches in the first meeting. It seems like the Niners are just willing to give up everything underneath the cup just to avoid the big play, and it worked in the first meeting. So I got to like cup receptions and yards, don't I? I mean, he had 14 yeah. catches for what, 100 and change? 122. So uh, yeah, 19 targets in their matchup earlier back on October 3rd. 19 targets, wild. 14 receptions, 122 yards. Three straight games against this Niners defense where he's had uh, 115 or more yards. Also seven or more catches, which his number now, usually on his receptions, really right around that seven and a half mark, uh, which rightfully should be. So maybe... Like Scott said, uh, look at his uh, receiving yards in this game. And let me see if it's posted yet or not. Also looking at Higby, because he had 10 catches in the first meeting. It really yeah. just comes down to the fact that the Rams are in the bottom, what, three in rushing yards per game. And now Henderson's also out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think they're as bad as Tampa, but they're like really close. And the Niners are also very good against the run. Yes, it was with a healthy defensive line. But the point is, I think if you're going to exploit this defense, you got to do what the Chiefs did or at least try. 
just abandon the run and air it out 40 times. So I think the Rams should end up throwing it a lot. I like the Higby over. I think that he should have a good game because he did go for 10 catches in the first meeting. Cups a given. Robinson showed signs of a pulse against Carolina. I'm not sure if he can sustain that, but I just expect a lot of pass attempts for the Rams because they really cannot run the ball. Yeah, they are number 31, like you mentioned, uh, right above the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're only averaging 70 and a half rushing yards per game. And yeah, and um, the San Francisco 49ers defense, number two in the entire league as far as rush defense. They're only giving up 91 yards on the ground. They did give up 112 last week. Not too bad, but again, they are still uh, they're still really good up front, at least with all the injuries that they are dealing with. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game on the schedule. It's gonna be uh, let's go over to uh, all right, let's go over to the Washington Commandos, uh, hosting not hosting, I'm sorry, traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. 425 Eastern start in this game. Currently over on win bet, I'm seeing the Colts as a three point favorite. Uh, total is set at 39 and a half in this game. Uh, money line plus 130 for the Washington Commanders and a minus 155 for the Indianapolis Colts. We'll start here with the injury report for the Washington Commandos. Um, we know about Carson Wentz, he's going to be out for a significant amount of time, uh, which means that Tyler Heineke, um, is back. He was back last week, led them to a victory over the woeful uh, Green Bay Packers. Chase Young. Uh, says he should be designated to return from IR next week. So he's going to be out at least another week here for the Washington Commanders defense. Uh, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, questionable. Coach Rivera said Thursday that he doesn't expect uh, Dotson to be available in this game against the Colts. Uh, other than that, Deami Brown was also a limited participant uh, during Wednesday's practice for the Washington Commanders. Uh, Logan uh, Thomas, also limited practice participant on Wednesday. For the Colts, obviously, we heard the big news earlier this week that they are shutting down um, Matt Ryan, whether that's because he's been sucking or because it's been uh, because of the shoulder issue, uh, maybe a combination of both. But uh, officially on their injury report, he said uh, or they said he is dealing with a grade two sprain on his right shoulder. So the Sam Ellinger um, journey is beginning for the Indianapolis Colts. Other names on the injury report, Shaquille Leonard, linebacker, is back. Uh, he was, I believe he was back last week against the Titans, but he was a full participant in practice for the Colts on Thursday. Uh, Kiki QT, concussion, was also a full participant during Wednesday's practice. Uh, Quiddy Pay, defensive end, was questionable uh, as well for this Colts team. But new quarterbacks uh, facing off against each other, each other in this game here, Scott. Uh, Tyler Heineke for the Washington Commanders and Sam Ellinger for the Indianapolis Colts out of the University of Texas. Currently seeing the Colts a three-point home favorite here against the Commanders. What are you liking in this game? So I, first of all, think that the Colts made the right move. And whether or not they sugarcoated it with Matt Ryan's injury, whatever. They made the quarterback switch. They should have. I was talking about it for several weeks. Really, even though they won the Thursday night game against Denver, Matt Ryan should have been benched. But either way, I'm going with the I'm going with the Commanders here. I think that even though Ellinger gives them a running dimension, which they kind of need because the offensive line is extremely overrated. It's really not that good of a unit anymore. Yeah, I do think that Heineke is at least reliable. I know what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell I'm getting from Ellinger. He's been yeah. a backup quarterback for how many years now? Like 
three or four out of Texas. Uh, has it been that long already? I think so. I'll I'll double check. Let me see here. Point is, he hasn't played. Yeah, like he has he, never played a game. Or he was a, in the preseason. Yeah, he was okay in the preseason, and then he would never get any playing time because I guess the coaching staff didn't think he was good enough. Now you throw him in because your competition's an injured Matt Ryan. I've seen Heineke play. We all have. He's not bad. I mean, I've seen a lot worse quarterbacks out there. I can tell you that much. And Washington's not a good team, but defensively, they've kind of been picking it up lately. And the Colts offensively are a train wreck. Plus, I think you can make a serious argument that even if Ron Rivera might not be an amazing coach, I think he's better than Frank Reich. I'm extremely low on Reich. I think he's a bad coach. So I get the idea of the Colts being at home. Taylor's back, and you could argue they'll run the ball down Washington's throats. It hasn't happened yet this season uh, with them having any success on the ground. I'm going to take Washington because I find it laughable that Ellinger in his first career starts laying yeah. three points. Yeah, I think that's a joke to me. Give me Washington, who's randomly been playing decent football lately in mm-hmm. a very ugly game. I'll link to the under, but I'll take the commanders. Yeah, I'm there with you. I, th- I don't think a guy that's making his first career start – um, especially against this Washington defense. I know they're missing Chase Young, their best defensive lineman there. They've been okay they, lately. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they've, they've been respectable, right? Yeah. Um, and they can get to the quarterback. And I think what you mentioned there is that this offensive line over the past several seasons was ranked as one of the best, but now they've taken a significant fall down um, this season. And you have a rookie, like we mentioned, a rookie quarterback starting now midway through the season. Um, he's not a rookie. It's just his first. I'm sorry. Yeah. His first career start. Yeah, he was drafted right. back in 2021. Uh, oh, so it was, okay. My bad. I thought it was a couple yeah. years ago, but yeah, he's always in yeah. play. That's the point. Yeah. He hasn't paid. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm going to go with Tyler Haneke. Yeah, you're right. I agree with you. Tyler Haneke. Look, he was a starter for this Washington commanders team last season or the previous season. So he has starts under his belt. It's not like Taylor Heineke looked decent against the Buccaneers sure. in the playoffs. He had some yeah. moments, but even last week he was awful in the first half. Mm-hmm. And he picked it up because from what you can kind of tell, it's a classic cliche. He's a bit of a gamer. Yeah. And it seems like when things go badly, he's willing to put it behind him and move forward. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Ellinger's the same guy. That's what he was in Texas. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think he was a great thrower in Texas. It no. seemed like he had mobility who had a bit of an accuracy problem. We'll see what happens. But I need I need Ellinger to show me something before I lay three points with him in his first ever start. I just can't do it. Who was the last even successful Texas quarterback in the NFL level? Don't say Vince Young. I was going to ask if you count Vince (laughs) Young as even being successful. In the NFL, no. Do you count Colt McCoy as being successful? Because he was a backup for like 15 years. Um, For him to be around this long, yeah, I think that he's had moments. He's probably been the best one. He's been better than Vince Young based on just career career length and longevity. So, Yeah. yeah, they haven't had many good options. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you with the commanders. I had a referee note. I just put out the referee report, um, this, uh, afternoon, right before we got on. And I know there was, I highlighted the under in this game, I believe. Let me just double make sure. I like the under anyway, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Craig, Craig Rolstad is the, uh, referee for this game so far this season. He's five and one to the under average combined score of 35.7 points per game. Um, and both teams are the home and road team are averaging less than 20 points per game, um, respectively in his game. So yeah, there's a, an extra, uh, I guess an extra factor or extra uh, trend there that helps, uh, back this under as well. 
uh, for this game. So yeah, right there with you. Commanders plus the three on the and on the money line and the under 39 and a half in this game here as well. Uh, any player props you may be looking at in this game? Maybe uh, Scary Terry or maybe some rushing props in this game, Scott? I contemplated Jonathan Taylor just because okay. I assume with a brand new quarterback, they're going to try to ease him into it. And mm -hmm. at some point, they have to establish the run game. So yeah. I do think Taylor could get a decent workload here. However, I don't think I can take it because they've been so bad at running the ball. I'm not sure if it's going to matter. Yeah. For props, I don't know if I like anything in this game. I mean, we like the under. So we're ugly. not expecting I, anybody to really do anything. I know McLaurin had a bit of a run there last week, and Heineke historically has been good at targeting McLaurin, something that Wentz was not very good at. I guess I'd lean McLaurin over, but do I see much in this game that I like? Not really. I, I don't see much. Do you? No. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those ugly games, like a 14-10 final or like 13 to six or something like maybe that. Maybe Heineke interception. If you think they just try to throw it, I think that he could make a mistake or two. We've seen it in the past. He gave a pick up. Yeah. It was a pick six last week, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, I guess I'd lean Heineke interception if the juice isn't that high, but I really don't see much that I like. See minus minus one thirty for that. That's not bad. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's keep it moving here. Uh, let's go over to the next game on the schedule. It's going to be a West coast game here. That's going to be between the New York football giants heading to Seattle to take on the first place Seattle Seahawks in the NFC West. Um, this is going to be a 425 start between these two teams. Um, maybe the two most surprising teams so far this season. I think we could throw the Jets in that conversation as well, but certainly playing well above expectations, Scott. Yeah, definitely true. Giants are the biggest surprise for me. I thought they would be a better team with Dable just because of how badly I thought Joe Judge did as the head coach. But I didn't think they'd be like six and one at this point. Yeah. I, I thought they'd be closer to like three and three, something like that. I thought by the end yeah. of the year, they'd win maybe six games and they're already yeah. there. So they've been solid. Seattle's a complete shock to me. When you have when you have a QB competition of Drew Locke and Geno Smith, I didn't expect them to be in first place right now. The record is also surprising. I thought they would win four games maybe the entire season, especially mm -hmm. after Jamal Adams got injured in the first game of the season. But yeah. still, I do think the line here is fascinating. Yeah. And I understand the Giants might be getting it done through smoke and mirrors. They're mm -hmm. still getting it done. Yeah. And Seattle, I like the offense. Metcalf's now out, which is a big deal. You're looking at Goodwin who had two touchdowns last week, but I yeah. do think that Metcalf is definitely – a focal point of this offense. Mm. Having said that, the Giants can't stop the run, and Kenneth Walker might go for 150 yards. Yeah. I think that it, there's a reason why Seattle's favored by three. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the Seahawks. However, my favorite play for the actual side would be the first half. Okay. The Giants just have a bunch of shenanigans in the fourth quarter. They're the opposite of the Ravens. They just find yeah. a way to win every fourth quarter. Yeah. I'm not going to bother. Give me Seattle with the 12th man for the first 30 minutes to get the job done. I'll take Seattle first half. Yeah, I didn't even mention the lines here. Um, it opened up at minus one, one and a half. And like Scott said, it is up to minus three for the Seattle Seahawks with here. With Metcalf being out, the line's gone up two points. Yeah, and uh, total opened up at 43. That's up to 44 and a half over on win bet. Uh, let me quickly uh, mention the injury report here as well. Um, I'll start with the New York Giants here. Uh, for the Giants here, give me one second. Just went off my screen. Uh, injury. I know Neil got hurt. Last yeah, week. Evan Neal left uh, last week for the uh, New York Giants. 
uh, officially, uh, they lost two guys. Well, he's not even listed on the injury report here. So, yeah, actually, I'm sorry. Evan Neal is considered a week-to-week uh, by head coach De- uh, Brian Dable. I'm pretty sure that he will probably be out this week. Uh, we know about Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay uh, did not practice, and they just traded Kadarius Tony over to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He wasn't uh, going to play anyway. Who you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Leonard Williams, defensive end, uh, questionable. That's a and, big deal. Yeah, and uh, Matt Pert, if I'm saying that right, offensive tackle uh, knee was designated to return from the reserve PUP list on Thursday. So maybe some help they're getting back on the offensive line there. They uh, also lost a depth tight end because Bellinger fractured an eye socket. And yeah. He's out for the year. Yeah. I don't know if you mentioned that before, but no, I didn't mention that. It wasn't a big piece, but still they lost a depth tight end. Yeah. Um, and then for the Seattle Seahawks, Sidney Jones, cornerback was limited participant in Wednesday's practice. And it's other than that pretty clean injury report. A lot of questionable tags, uh, Tyler Lockett, Questionable, limited participant on Wednesday. We know about DK Metcalf. He's it actually says Metcalf participated in Wednesday's walkthrough, but didn't practice. So I'll, I'll be shocked to see him out there, Scott. Um, I'm just saying, if he ends up playing this game, they need to revoke his uh, his cart privileges because <laughs> yeah. he uses the bathroom for the cart, and then he leaves <laughs> the game, and now he's going to play next week. Somebody's got to sit him down and tell him what the cart is actually for if he's able to play this week. You know, just for the record, just going to throw yeah. that out there. Yeah, so maybe check the final injury report for uh, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, see if DK Metcalf is actually playing uh, this week. Um, yeah, so you said you like Seattle here. I, I think uh, I, I, I'm going to go with the I've first been, half. I, okay, I'm sorry. too much half. random witchcraft going on in the fourth quarter of Giants games. I'm, I'm just not going to bother. Give me Seattle at the 12th man in the first half. Yeah, um, I've been burned every single week betting against the Giants. They've been proving me wrong, but – you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna fall on that sword again. I, I like the Seattle Seahawks. Give me the minus three here. Um, it's a revenge game for Geno Smith. Yeah, there you go. Revenge. That's all we need to know. Re, uh, Geno Smith revenge game yeah. against his former employer, the New York Giants. Look, they've been playing well. Revenge games. Now he's got one, so he might yeah. go for 500 yards. You know, you don't know what to expect. Yeah, I, I like the matchup for Kenneth Walker, like you mentioned there, uh, Scott, against this rush defense where you know opposing running backs have been able to do whatever they want. You saw last week Travis Etienne had a big uh, week against the uh, Giants as well. For, for, unfortunately for them, they kind of coughed it up in the end. Uh, but like you mentioned, it's been a lot of weird stuff happening in Jets game, sorry, Giants games uh, in the second half of the season. But kind of going through the running backs uh, that the Giants have faced, I mentioned Travis Etienne last week, 14 carries, 144 yards against the Baltimore Ravens. Kenyon Drake, 10 carries, 119 yards uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones, 13 for uh, 63 yards. They're allowing an average of 5.7 yards, 5.74 yards per carry to opposing running backs. So yeah, I'll probably look at Kenneth Walker uh, props in this game. Don't see those outlisted yet, but I think that's a for sure overbet in this game against the San Francisco, sorry, San Francisco against this New York Giants uh, rush defense. Um, any other props that stick out to you in this game? Uh, I don't know if Metcalf's going to play or not, but I'm kind of leaning to, uh, Lockett potentially, but in reality, I'm just expecting a showdown between Walker and Barkley, and we'll see yeah. what happens. That's kind of just what I'm expecting. Yeah, you mentioned maybe Marquee's- Daniel Jones rushing yards. I know he had 100 plus last week. I, I think he got a shot. Anytime you run a read option every now and then, and you have a mobile quarterback, he could always take 150 yards. I don't mind mm-hmm. Daniel Jones rushing yards because he has been pretty active in the ground game lately. 
Yeah, and he always usually, I mean, I know last week he had a big run as well, or a couple of big runs uh, for the uh, New York Giants there. Let me quickly see. I don't see any was. player props because of the Metcalf injury and everything. Yeah, so uh, I but even like, yeah, even for Giants, it hasn't been posted yet. But let me see. Yeah. yeah, last week, like you mentioned, 11 attempts, 170 yards on the ground for Daniel Jones. Um, but he, yeah, he's been getting out and scrambling uh, for sure for this uh, Giants offense, at least a minimum of six attempts um in every single game so far this season he's had a couple where he's had 10 or more and uh, last week was a prime example of that where he did have 107 yards on the ground and a long of 24 so maybe a longest rush attempt for daniel jones because he's had a uh, long uh rush attempts of double figures in uh six out of their seven games so far this season uh anything else for this game scott yeah i'm looking at the field goal kickers actually i like okay. the over for both Gano has been taking a bunch of field goals, and Myers has taken a bunch of field goals. The Seahawks are a paradox because they're a great offensive team in terms of points per game, but they're atrocious in the red zone. Mm -hmm. It's really a paradox, but Myers has been very involved. Uh, So is Gano for the Giants. I like the probably over one and a half field goals for both kickers. I think you're going to see a lot of opportunities. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, All right, let's get over to the last game of the night on Sunday, that's going to be the Sunday night football primetime game. And it's going to be the Green Bay Packers headed to Buffalo to take on the Bills. I do have a breaking unrelated news, by the way. Uh, this actually involves the Monday night game, which okay. we're not covering. But uh, Jamar Chase officially been ruled out four Ooh. to six weeks with a hip injury. Oh, no. Oh, so no. just going to throw yeah. that out there. Yeah, it looks like it's T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd season for... Yep. Uh, fantasy owners. Um, We're not covering Monday night, but since Chase yeah. is involved, I felt like it was worth mentioning. No, yeah, definitely worth noting for sure. Um, yeah, this line opened up Buffalo minus eight, uh, and that now has been bet all the way up to double uh, double digits now. Currently seeing minus 11 on win bet. I'm also seeing some 11 and a halfs out there in this game. Uh, total opened up at 48. That number has been bet uh, a tick down to 47 and a half over on win bet. Uh, money line for this game minus 575 for the Bills and plus 425 on the money line for the Packers. Uh, let's start with the injury report. We'll start with the road team here, the Green Bay Packers. Um, Alan Lazard, questionable, wasn't a participant on Thursday at practice. Aaron Rodgers, questionable. Uh, he did return to practice on Thursday for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, other than that, uh, Sammy Watkins, hamstring practice in a limited capacity on Wednesday. Same thing with Christian Watts, uh, Watson was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday as well. David Bakhtiari has a questionable tag, and we know that Randall Cobb was put on the IR for the Green Bay Packers. Um, other than that, pretty pretty much defensively, everybody is good. For the Buffalo Bills, they are coming off of a bye, so a little extra, extra rest for them. Uh, we know uh, Micah Hyde is on the injured reserve. He suffered a season-ending neck injury in week two. Um, Jameson Crowder on the IR as well. Xavier Rhodes, as of October 1st, earlier this month, was uh, is out for the Bill- Buffalo Bills. But, yeah, pretty clean injury report for them. They're relatively healthy, except for Micah Hyde, who they lost uh, for the season here. Scott, let's start with the side here, minus 11 and a half for the uh, Buffalo Bills. I believe this is the first time or maybe the second time, if I'm not mistaken, that Aaron Rodgers has been a double-digit underdog 
in his career. And I think rightfully so after what we've seen from this Green Bay Packers team this season, especially that woeful performance they had last week against the Washington Commanders. Now you have a Buffalo Bills team that arguably or probably is the best team in the NFL right now coming off of a bye, extra rest uh, on prime time. What are you thinking about this game? Minus 11 and a half for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I'm on Buffalo. It's going <laughs> to sound extremely square, but I kind of have to. Yeah. Green Bay's offense is broken. Lazard also got hurt. I know he hurt his shoulder against Washington. I'm assuming he's going to play, but he wasn't available for the last couple drives in the fourth quarter, so it has to be somewhat serious. But the Bills, we know, are really good, and they're especially good at home. And they're off a bye. I don't know what Green Bay does well because offensively they can't really throw the ball. They don't run the ball as well as they should, considering the fact they just gave Jones an extension. And you're looking at the defense, which was supposed to be really good, and it's been meh. Is that a fair way to sum it up? It's been a mediocre unit? Subpar. So the way that I look at it is I like Buffalo because they're off the bye, so they're relatively healthy. You know, the crowd's going to be into it because it's a night game in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. I know it's double digits in the NFL, which sucks. I laid double digits with Buffalo against the Steelers a couple weeks ago, and they were up by 90 at the half, and they won the game comfortably. I'm not saying it's going to be that easy. The back door might end up being a problem, but I'm going to take Buffalo because I think that at the end of the day, they can score 28 points in this game. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee that Green Bay is going to score 17, and I'm being conservative when I say 28 for Buffalo. Like They could score 35. Buffalo is just a ridiculous team. Gabe Davis has been battling some injuries here and there. The extra week off should help. Diggs, we know, is amazing. And the ground game's been underwhelming, but they don't need the ground game because they got Josh Allen. So give me Buffalo, and I think they'll win by 14. Yeah, I think the spot here for the Buffalo Bills is it's just the same spot for the the reason that you like Los Angeles Rams. Coming off of the bye for the Buffalo Bills, I think they're just a more far, far superior team. You would think that, hey – yeah, I mean, if you think that the passing game's not working for the Green Bay Packers, maybe they try to run it. Well, good luck with that because the Buffalo Bills are the best uh, rush defense in the entire football league, not only by allowing the least amount of yards uh, per game over the course of the season so far, but they're also the number one team in NFL team opponent yards per rush attempt at only allowing 3.5, uh, which is right up there with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so I think that they're going to be very, very limited offensively are the Green Bay Packers. We know how easily Aaron Rodgers gets frustrated. Now you're going up against this uh, Buffalo Bills team. Well, he called out everyone. He said that they should start cutting reps from people because they're not running the right routes, except every other option you have is also a young guy who doesn't really look that good right now. So, I mean, if you're going to cut reps, you got to give the reps to somebody and nobody's good. So you're kind of screwed either way. Yeah. Um, Another note from the NFL referee report, Ron Torbert is officiating this game. You don't know already, he is the most profitable ref towards unders, uh, not only this season, but if we're dating back to his last 40 games, officiated 39 and one against, uh, sorry, towards the under. In I those love the under games. anyway, but yeah. that's, that's, that's just the cherry on top. But I said the Bills could score 35. Yeah. I'm not expecting Green Bay to do anything. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, and he's a perfect 5-0 and this, sorry, 6-0 and this season towards the under as well. And again, under referee, Primetime games where that have been trending towards the under. Um, I love the under in this game. Again, like Scott said, I see a world where Buffalo puts up 30 and maybe the Packers get two touchdowns, something in that neighborhood. I'm thinking like a 30-14 type of game here. I think it goes under the total as well. So 
my favorite play is the under in this game, under 47 and a half. Also, I cannot bet on this Packers team right now, so I agree about you taking the double digits here with the Buffalo Bills at home in prime time coming off of the bye. Um, don't see, oh, actually, I did see player props out for this game, but do you like anything as far as player props in this game? I just think that Buffalo is going to go wild through the passing game, so I'd still look at Diggs, probably Davis, maybe longest reception for Davis. We'll see. But for Green Bay, I don't really know what there is to like besides – I'll give you a prop, though, which I know he's been good in his career at avoiding it. I like Aaron Rodgers' interception. Bills are very good against the run, and if we're mm-hmm. expecting this game to get ugly, which we think it's going to, they're going to have to throw it every down. I think you're looking at volume alone. You might be able to get plus money on that just because Rodgers has been so good at avoiding interceptions. But I think it's a good spot for him to throw one. Allen, we know, is taking some shots too. I think you could see interceptions in this game. But I don't know what the price is for Rodgers. It might be plus money. I don't hate plus money in a game where he should be throwing the ball a lot in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm currently seeing... Like 110, 105 maybe? Plus 140. Really? To throw interception. I mean, that's just too appealing to me based on game flow. So I'm going to take yeah. it. Plus 115 for Josh Allen as well um, to throw an interception. I think, at least one, I think one of them is going to throw it at least one. So I think if you bet yeah. both, you'll probably end up making a little bit of profit there. But 140, yeah. how, many, how many attempts is Rodgers going to have? Like 35 to 45? He's going to have to throw the ball more often than not, right? Because we're both expecting them to be trailing and, and the Bills score quickly. They don't need to yeah. take that much time off the clock. I just think the volume is going to be there. One forty. That's a yeah. bargain of a, of a of a price right there. Yeah, he's thrown the ball last week thirty five times against the Commanders, forty one times against the Jets. And the 39. Commanders had like a sixteen play drive that took up like eight eight nine minutes. The Bills can score in two plays. Yeah, <laughs> uh, thirty nine against the Giants, thirty five against the Patriots, and thirty five against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hasn't thrown one in three straight weeks, but hey. I think that just we're expecting him to throw the ball a lot. And when you throw it that many times, and especially with this defense, I think that there is a world of possibility, especially the value that we're getting for him and to throw interception. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, anything else? Any other props uh, before we get into uh, lock and dog? No, uh, not really much else to add. I just think that Buffalo will do their thing, and the Packers will do their thing, and the game will get ugly. All right, before we get into um, our lock and dog for the PM games for NFL Week 8, let me tell you guys about No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for a shot at winning 250000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 extra entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right, Scott, let's close it out strong here with our lock and dog for the PM games here on NFL Week 8. I'll let you lead off here, bud. Lock and dog for uh, this uh, schedule. What do you got? So for the lock, I am going to go back to a player prop. Is that allowed? Can I do a player prop? Sure. Okay, whatever whatever you whatever you want to get out as a winner, but just make it a winner. 
Cool. I'll do my best. Uh, okay. I'm going to go back to the Titans and Texans game, and I am going to go with Dave. I'm going to go with uh, Davis Mills over the passing yards here at two thirty and a half. I believe I said. Yeah. Sorry, I'm waiting for it to load, but for some reason it's not cooperating. It was two thirty and a half, I believe. I just think this number is too low because you're looking at two twenty nine and a half. Get your next read. Two twenty nine and a half. Okay. Works even better for me. So I'll yeah. take the over there. Uh, Tennessee has been very good against the run this season, allowing the fourth fewest rushing yards per game. The issue is they have no pass rush and they have really no great secondary. Mills torched this defense last year for three touchdowns, no picks. And I do think if you want to look at potential game flow, we expect Henry to go nuts. We think Tennessee has a decent chance of potentially opening up a big lead. But I think Houston might have to abandon the run. And you look at Mills' numbers this season – he has gone over this number quite frequently, and I do think as a result, this number is priced a little bit too low. I think he has a good shot to get into the 240s, 250s, maybe even 300. He had 300 last week against the Raiders. I just think that 229.5 against this awful pass defense is really too low. Give me the over on Mills passing yards. I like it. At, you know, it's at 229.5. I also wanted to get your thoughts on his over 1.5 at plus 120 passing touchdowns. I think that's definitely an option, but I'm always concerned about red zone execution. Then maybe sure. they give him a one-yard touchdown run and stuff like that. So yeah. I like the yards more because okay. if Houston wants to actually move the ball downfield, they're going to have to throw because Tennessee's actually good against the run. So I just expect a lot of volume from Mills, either in a close game or a blowout. He was good against them last year. I think that he could go for 250 and change, but 229 and a half, I'll take the over. Sounds good to me, man. Uh, no argument for me, for sure. Um, I'll just mention this, that uh, I'm going to be on that Davis Mills prop with you on that over on that yardage, but I'm, I'm kind of looking at the quarterbacks against uh, the Titans, and every single one of these quarterbacks, except for last week, um, Matt Ryan has thrown for at least two touchdowns against his past defense, but I love the yardage when we went through it. Uh, I'm right there with you uh, for Davis Mills over 229 and a half as your lock. Uh, or what do you got for your dog for this week, but? So for the dog, I have a couple of choices here. I could go to Washington, but I'm not sure if I want to. Do I trust the Rams? I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do what I always do, which is trust the spot. I know it's going to be ugly, but I'm going to hold my nose and take the Rams. I think that even though the Niners, with Shannon of Owen McVay, there's too many injuries. I don't know what McCaffrey's role is going to be. I think he's a great player. They need to use him all the time, but I think they're not going to use him like that because he's still learning the playbook. Mm -hmm. I get Stafford throws a bunch of picks. I get the fact that the running game has not worked, but I'm going to trust McVay off the bye, and I think that it's a very good spot for the Rams to bounce back. I thought about Washington, but that involves backing Washington, and that scared me off. So give me the Rams getting plus 105, give or take, at home. It's yeah, a division game. It's a division game with a home team off a bye against an injury-riddled team. If I ignore the team names, that's good enough for me for a spot. Give me the Rams. All right, love it. Uh, so, dog well, you don't because you like the Niners. But yeah, there you go. Oh, I love it for you. Yeah, I thank like you. The I appreciate this it. game. I'm yeah. just going to be a supportive. It's, it's all about the spot for me. Sometimes yeah, sure. you got to toss no, the sense. names out and go with the spot. Yeah, um, I'm trying to find an alt yardage on Derrick Henry. I'm not sure if that's up yet, or I probably have to. How wait high would you go? Because you said 200 in the last like three. I would meetings. probably go 120. Okay, that's the number I was thinking. Yeah, like 120, 125. I think he could get it done, but I'm not seeing that yet, so I can't give that out as official pick. Um, there's a couple things that I did like. Um, so let me start with the lock. Uh, I I wanted to give out Derrick. I have. Well, two locks that I'll give out. Um, Derrick Henry, you're currently seeing it at over 98 and a half 
on his rushing yards as a player prop. I think he said uh, 96. I, yeah, it's up was to it 90. Yeah, it's up to 98 and a half. I think okay. they're listening to the show Fair. since we're live now. They're probably listening to our picks, yeah. uh, Scott. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I like it at up to 120 there. So if your book allows you to ladder it, go ahead and do for it. Um, Can I guess the second lock you're going to give out? I, you probably already know what it is, but go ahead. Is it the under in yeah. the uh, Bills Packers game? Yeah, I got to, right? I mean, you look, can't write the ref report and not back the ref report. Yeah. I mean, come on. And I've been betting it every single week. And, and I think a lot of guys or a lot of uh, our fans and our listeners and followers, they've been following it as well. I've been getting so many DMs and then guys on our Discord just, just talking about it. It's almost been an auto bet every single week. But, and it, but it's not even been a small sample size. Uh, Scott, like it's last 40 games, he's 76% to the under. And, no, but we even talked through the game, right? Like, I think Green Bay's offense, we've seen it throughout the weeks, has just been very limited. You're going up against one of the best pass def- or rush defenses. You're not going to be able to run the ball very well. Rodgers doesn't trust his uh, young uh, stud, or not young stud, but young wide receivers in this game. So I think the offense is going to be very limited. Now, the only way I'll probably lose is that if the Bills go out and score 40-plus points, then it's a possibility. But I- I'm going to stay with the under here. Under 47 and a half in the Sunday night football game. It's prime time. I got Ron Torbert. I got a broken Green Bay Packers offense. I got a, a team coming off of by that. So they know the defense is going to be up to the task. So I think everything is lining up for me. So over, uh, sorry, under 47 and a half as my uh, lock for uh, this week. For my dog, uh, I think we both like this game. I think it's, it's, it's a dog that I do like. Uh, it's got to be the Washington Commanders here. Uh, Sam Ellinger in his first game. Uh, as a starter, um, I think that him being a three-point favorite, I think is a little too much. I'm going to go with the most more experienced quarterback, even though he's been a backup, but he's had plenty of starts under his belt. He started he looked, last year. Yeah, once, he did start uh, last year. Patrick got injured in week one, and he was starting for basically two straight months. Yeah, and wasn't it the year before he led him into the playoffs? Oh, uh, he well? started in the playoff game against okay, okay. Tampa. Yeah. Still. Yeah, so I mean, like, plenty of experience, at least playing at the professional level in a regular season game versus Sam Ellinger, first career start, right? Um, And I like, like you mentioned, he turned it up uh, in the second half of last week. So hopefully they can carry that momentum. I trust this defense more um, for the commanders. I know that's uh, a lot to say, especially when they have Shaquille Leonard and and those guys back. Um, I think that the commanders rush defense or uh, front seven can take advantage of this offensive line as well for the Indianapolis Colts. So I'm going to go plus – plus 135 on the money line for the Washington Commanders as my dog of the week. So uh, locks again. Uh, Scott, you are on Davis Mills over 229 and a half. Uh, and then for my lock, Derrick Henry over 98 and a half. Get it all the way up to 115, 120. Uh, like we mentioned, three straight games where he's gone over 200 yards against his Texans team. And then my uh, lock, uh, uh, additional lock under 47 and a half in the Packers and Bills games. And then our dogs, that's going to be the Rams plus 105 on the money line for the uh, for Scott. And then for me, Washington Commanders plus 135 against the Indianapolis Colts on the road. Whew. All right, that's going to do it, Scott. Five games this week for us to go through. I think we did pretty well with that. Gave out uh, some player props, talked through the side and total. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, bud? Not really. Uh, check out the NBA podcast uh, yeah. because, of course, we ended up doing some uh, breakdowns for every game uh, on today's mm-hmm. card. Everything besides that, we'll be back again for the NFL podcast uh, next week. Of course, we're still going to be doing the NBA podcast every day. 
uh, in some capacity. You know, the codes kind of alternate, but still. Yeah. Point is, a lot of content, a lot of money to be made. So let's make some money. Yeah, let's do it. I gotta uh, turn like that into. I gotta turn that into a saying. I'm sure that's a thing, but there's a lot of money to be made. So let's make some money. That's that belongs gotta, on a shirt. I gotta talk. To, I gotta talk to Sean about that. That's not yeah, bad. You got, yeah, you gotta get with the merch. Uh, merch team. That's not bad. Go okay, I might shirt. be onto something there. Okay. That that might be like your your sign off. Uh, like you know, there's no way that I invented that saying. By the way, like that has to be a thing. But I'm sure I didn't quote it from anybody. So that belongs on a shirt. I'm just gonna it's say probably that. not. It's probably not trademarked yet. So hopefully we can get that trademark for you. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, NFL Gambling Podcast. I'll be back. To, uh, I'll be back tomorrow for the player props with Rod uh, for the NFL Gambling Podcast and the podcast. Uh, so make sure to check that out. And like uh, Scott said, we'll be back next week. Uh, starting. Uh, sorry. So me and Dylan will be back to do the Monday Night Football game, and then as usual, the schedule with uh, Rod and uh, Ryan doing a recap of Week Eight and then looking ahead to Week Ten uh, for to take advantage of early early runs uh, on that podcast. All right. Good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride.